Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Believe in Jaguars podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And of course, joining us is your other co-host, managing editor of the Jaguars Wire, James Johnson. Jay, you've been holding it down for the last couple of weeks while I've dealt with some family stuff. Uh, Everything is okay over here on my end, just, you know, taking some time to sort out. So, Jay, of course, I appreciate you as always. And, you know, for those of you that do not know, if you are not on social media, whether it be Twitter or Instagram, this will be the last episode of Believe in the Jaguars for Jay and I. Of course, the Believe Podcast Network will, you know, continue to put out great content. Uh, However, Jay and I will be moving on to new projects and we'll talk about, you know, our time here with Believe in just a moment. But Jay, again, it's good to be back here recording with you. I missed you, man. And again, thank you so much for holding it down as you always do. But that being said, ready to deliver one more fantastic episode for the Believe Network. Yeah, no problem at all. And you can just send me your check in the mail, your last two checks in the mail. <laughs> um, or actually, you could just you could just pay me out of your pocket, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, pay me out of your pocket. Send those in the mail. I'll take those in and uh, we'll call it, you know, we'll call it even basically. But yeah, glad to be back, man. No problem holding it down for you, by the way. But um. Yeah, glad to be back with this last episode, man, which, you know, of course, as we always do, we're going to make it exciting. We got some exciting topics to talk about. I mean, the Jags actually won, so we get to close on a high note, by the way. And uh, yeah, man, can't wait to get started. But yeah, man, appreciate everybody out there that's rated, commented, subscribed, whatever they've done for us and in what capacity we appreciate it um, as uh, this has been a pretty fun journey. And it's all possible because of the people that listen from their iPads, their iPhones, their, you know, in the car, their desktop. We appreciate you all. Absolutely. You know, when uh, we'll talk about this more in a moment, but like just being overwhelmed and, you know, taken, taken aback by the response to the show. It's been fantastic. And, you know, Jay will Jay and I will do a little bit of a, you know, recap to close out the episode here. In just a moment, but again, uh, just before uh, we uh, get into that, want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And if you have been enjoying the show, of course, remember it's always important to head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave those five star reviews for any podcast, not just ours that you think deserves it. Of course, you can also find us on Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Of course, make sure to check out Believe.com and Believe Podcasts over on Twitter and Instagram because the Believe Podcast Network has so many fantastic shows. I promise you, there is something else here for everybody. Again, make sure to follow Jay and I on social media. We can be found at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, and SportsGrind underscore Don. The Twitter page for this show will still be active, and it will be updated soon, but you can follow it now at Believe in Jags Pod. You can also find us over on Instagram, because again, Jay and I will be working on some new projects soon. 
And we will be using that Twitter page and that Instagram page to update you guys on everything going on. And one last time, we do want to thank our sponsor for this show, JR, OG sponsor. And that's Bet Online because Bet Online would like to wish everybody a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And of course, Jay, you and I have been keeping an eye on Bet Online as far as the betting odds for who the next Jacksonville Jaguar head coach is going to be. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. But we do want to discuss the game because, of course, it was the season finale. And the Jacksonville Jaguars went into uh, this home matchup against division rival Indianapolis. And all Indy had to do, Jay, was win. And they are in. You know, you come in against a team that, of course, only has two wins on the season, doesn't really have anything to play for. You figure Indy is just going to come in here and roll. And boy, did that not happen. We got Carson. We got the bad version of Carson Wentz. They pretty much held Jonathan Taylor in check for the most part. And it was just a incredible performance to see live, you know, along with, of course, the clown out, which I'll talk about as somebody that was there in person. But Jay, I mean, what do you think about this? It was just a, a weird day all around. The score even is weird. 26 to 11. Kind of surprised that that wasn't a scoregami. But yeah, what do you think about the Jaguars playing spoiler to one of our biggest rivals? I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I went into um, shout outs to Josh. Me and him talked about this. Uh, we've started doing the back shoulder fade again. And me and him talked about that in the back shoulder fade podcast. And I told him, you know, like I and, and a lot of other people I had been talking to, I would not mind spoiling things for the Indianapolis Colts. And here is why. Normally, you know, I'm the guy preaching to the choir and, uh, you know, I'm the guy ranting and raving about the Jaguars need to be trying to get the best pick available in the NFL draft. Well, this year we have a quarterback for a change, which is why I've always been an advocate of getting the highest pick available. So we have quarterback covered. We have the most important position on the field covered. And of course, the number one overall pick doesn't hold the same value this year because there's not a quarterback worth trading up for. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be left with probably three options, Neil or Tibbs or Aiden Hutchinson, one of the three. That being said, you know, the again, like I was saying, the, the pick isn't as valuable as it was. And that's not to say one of those three guys won't be good and we shouldn't take one of those three guys. Hell, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in position to take all three. If we're being honest, they need all three, should I say. Uh, but nonetheless, I was okay with relinquishing the number one overall pick if it, if it came in a scenario where they beat the Indianapolis Colts. Thankfully, we still won and still got the first overall pick because the Lions also won on their end, so that helped. Uh, so it was a win-win situation. So that being said, um, you know it it was it was shocking that it happened the way that it did. Right? Uh, I don't think any of us were choosing the Jags to win that game, but then when you when you sit back and assess it and and you think back actually should we be that surprised 
because the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts in their last game, the Jaguars almost came back. You know, the Colts just escaped that game. You know, uh, excuse me, not Blake Bortles, but um, Trevor Lawrence had to fumble at the end of the game. You know, he could have drove the team down the field for his first, I guess you could say, his first official game-winning drive that would have resulted in a touchdown. I think they would have needed a touchdown. I can't remember the exact score to that. But that being said, we shouldn't be that surprised because the Jacks have always played the Colts well, and we we know the history of the Colts. They've beaten the Colts the last, what, few home games dating back to 2014, 2013, or something like that. So they are good against the Colts when it comes to home games, and even one of those games came in the U.K., of course, uh, which was like three, four years ago or something like that. I think Andrew Luck was there at the time. So that being said, man, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars came in there knowing that they could beat the Colts. They established themselves in the first drive, you know, and, and Trevor Lawrence didn't have any issues throwing the ball up and down the field. And that gave them the confidence they needed to just go ahead and just perform well throughout the whole game. And they never looked back from that point where Trevor Lawrence and company were linking up like crazy on the first drive and it was really nothing the Colts could do about it and stop them especially with Jonathan Taylor not having any success on the ground yeah man I mean easily Trevor's best game of the season and you know he looked comfortable back there of course they got Marvin Jones his money you know uh, we saw Raquel Armstead have a good game nine carries 52 yards LaVisca of course you know, he did have, uh, you know, a couple of drops there that were disappointing, but, you know, still finished the game with five catches, 62 yards. Laquan Treadwell had a touchdown catch as well. And it was just kind of like you said, one of those perfect storms where the Colts played really bad and the Jaguars played one of their better games of the entire season. And yeah, you did point it out like earlier in the year, the Jags did have a chance to win that game at the end over in Indianapolis. So we probably shouldn't have been as surprised. It just seemed like the game was pretty much an afterthought, right? Because of the clown out and because of the circumstances with Trent Balky and the coaching situation looming over that. Like people weren't necessarily, I guess, too concerned with the game until it, it turned out that, oh man, we might have a chance to win this. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Because Jay, I gotta tell you, you know, even though it was fun to see some of the fans dressed up in the clown outfits, I will shout out some of the people in my section 202. There was one guy that was decked out full head to toe in a clown outfit, sweating his ass off, man. And he was totally committed. He was handing out noses. I wish I had his name so I could shout him out. But kudos to him and a couple other people in my section that were all dressed up. Shout out to Jay Paw, who, of course, was, uh, you know, on CBS Sports and First Coast News and all this kind of stuff. You know, her and her mom went all out with their outfits and everything like that. But there weren't really as many as I thought they were going to be. And, you know, I think it was on... Uh, I think they mentioned this on 1010XL. I'm not exactly sure who it was, but you know, not everybody in the fan base, of course, is on Twitter or on Reddit or anything like that. They're not paying attention to stuff like that. And, you know, I think that just kind of showed in as far as the amount of, you know, people that were dressed up. It was really wasn't the, uh, you know, the complete clown out that I think people thought it was, but it still was enough to garner some interest, you know, nationwide. And, um, you know, we're hearing reports, Jay, that this stuff does, of course, get back to Shot Khan. It's impossible to ignore, right? There's no way that he'd be able to just continue on with his everyday life and not recognize what's going on. You know, they're disabling comments on Twitter videos and Instagram pages and all that kind of stuff. They know what's going on. They are aware. The question is, Jay, do they care? 
Yeah, that's a time will tell type of thing. And well, I you know, I guess a lot of that will hinge on uh, the head coaching candidates and how they feel about uh, Trent Baalke, which is the reasoning behind the clown out uh the whole clown out movement. And, and by the way, the clown out movement, people are getting this misconstrued. I see this often, especially like on Facebook. You know, people are saying like, oh, you know, they're basically doing the, the franchise wrong and this, that and the other. And by dressing up as clowns, you know, they, they are, you know, doing number one or number two on the franchise, basically. And that's not what this is about. I mean, me and you, of course, we understand what this is about. This is just a movement to get Shot Khan's attention that, hey, we've been a joke. Not necessarily saying Shot Khan is a joke, not necessarily saying Shot Khan is a clown or this, that, and the other. I mean, obviously, the man's a billionaire. He's a brilliant mind to some degree. Uh, he just struggles with the football aspect of things. This is just people simply saying, we've been a joke of a franchise and we made clown like mistakes, tragic mistakes mistakes that other teams haven't made and we keep making them and it's to the point where this is funny ridiculous and it's a little bit a little bit of it too is fans and this is what you like to see fans can make fun of themselves too and make light of themselves too like i, I think it speaks volumes about a person's character when they can joke on themselves and take a joke and that's a lot of what this is about and uh you know that being said uh, yeah, like you said, I think like, you know, if you shot Khan, you definitely couldn't ignore it. It's being literally they're still getting, as we say in the Twitter world, ratioed on every comment. I check every day just about every comment to everything they post on social media, at least on Twitter. I don't know about the other social outlets. Uh, it, it's getting a hashtag fire balky uh, hashtag in there or they're getting, you know, the clown emoji with the mustache on it. So. I, I will say this, it would be tragic if Shot Khan ignored the fan base. And it would be tragic if Shot Khan just ignored the situation that people are trying to basically warn him like, hey, this is going to be a huge mistake. Trevor Lawrence's career is at stake. That's the big thing about this movement. It's mostly based on the fact that we're trying to save Trevor Lawrence's career from Trent Baalke. And we all seen the data I, you know, that I put out on Twitter and that's been put out on Google and this, that, and the other. Trent Baalke just doesn't draft skill players well, meaning he won't put the right running back receivers or whatever around Trevor Lawrence, and he cannot succeed that way. Whether it's in free agency or the draft, he just doesn't know how to address those positions. Maybe you can argue that he's okay at assessing the tight end position, but for the most part, he struggled there. And that being said, I think, you know, that, you know, Shad Khan, should definitely listen to the fans. I think I'll say this too. If he's looking at it in a situation where it's like, I don't want the, the fans to force my hand. Well, it's a little bit bigger than that. It's not just the fans. You can't just place this on the fans as the reason that you want to keep Trent bulky as in, you don't want to give in to the fans. The rest of the journalism community is on board with this too. And they're telling him that he should do better, make a better move that, you know, you can hardly find anybody to endorse Trent Baalke. And when that is a theme and that's something that's being frequently shown to you in whatever way, if you ignore that, then that's telling about Shad Khan as an owner. So time will tell if he actually listens. It's not just about listening to the fans. Yeah, that's the most important part, listening to the fans. 
But reading the signs in general from journalists, Mike Silvers of the world, literally any journalist out there that that has a credible name won't sign off on this guy. And that in itself is concerning. And it's concerning that we got to this point and Trent Baalke is still sitting in on, uh, you know, interviews and what have you. But again, that'll, you know, his his uh, future will depend on the coach that's chosen. And I would think a lot of coaches don't want to work with Trent Baalke because they don't want to have to look over their shoulder every, you know, day, basically. And you got to wonder, Jay, like, how is Trent Baalke defending himself in this situation? Because it is a good enough excuse and a good enough response to whatever, to everything that's going on that he is still employed and is still convinced. Again, a man who is not dumb, you know, no one has ever accused him of that because again, you don't become a billionaire by accident for the most part. So what has, what kind of sales pitch has Trent Balky given Shad Khan to convince him that I, I promise you, I'm the right guy for the job. And again, like you said, ignore all of these people in the know, not only journalists, but also people within football and maybe even his own son to an, to a degree, which we've heard rumors and rumblings of what in the hell could Trent Balky really be saying to Shad Khan to convince him to keep his job and stay around. That guy's got to be able to sell anything. If he can sell, you know, his, <laughs> his poor tendencies and poor reputation. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at Trent Baalke's history, he survived three head coaches in San Francisco. So what he's a obviously he's a good talker and he's a good a good guy to convince you on whatever he needs to convince you on. Uh, but he survived Harbaugh, Tom Sula and uh, Chip Kelly in San Francisco. So, I mean, like that in itself probably speaks volumes of how he was able to do that or what have you. And you you can especially do that with a owner that doesn't know a lot about football. And you can especially do that with an owner who is not hands-on. And that was, again, going back, we've talked about this in the past. You know, Shahid Khan said he would be more hands-on, this, that, and the other. But we haven't seen any proof that he'll be more hands-on. You know, a, a prime example of what I mean is the leaks that got out. If you're more hands-on, that's not happening. The leaks aren't getting out like that. They came from somebody. So that being said, it's a little it probably is a little bit easier for Trent Baalke, depending on how involved the ownership was in San Francisco. It's probably easier for Trent Baalke to convince Shad Khan, who doesn't have the football uh, mind that we would like him to have and who isn't as hands on uh, as we you know, would like. It's probably easy for him to convince Shad Khan that, hey, this it might be a, a matter of he's saying, hey, uh, this was more Urban Meyer than me when we all know good and well. It goes deeper than Urban Meyer. You know, it, it goes deeper than that. Uh, and and with again, with Trent Baalke, it's just a matter of the past that he has, in my opinion, especially with drafting the right tools around. And see, that's the thing for me. That's where Shad Khan should be looking at and being concerned. Not only the backstabbing and this, that, and the other, but furthermore, the future of Trevor Lawrence and what was built around the quarterbacks in San Francisco, which, which wasn't much. A lot of those guys were gone within three years, two years, one year, or whatever the case may be. A lot of them guys that he drafted at skill position guys weren't long stay or mainstay players for the San Francisco 49ers. And I know that's a lot to ask Shot Khan to, you know, no personnel and football personnel to that degree. But definitely, you know, you got to feel like Tony Khan is aware of that. Tony Khan has his hand in undrafted free agency, so he should 
you know, he should be in his father's ear, which, you know, we wouldn't doubt that he is. And, you know, like you said, we've heard rumors of. And if you still ignore that and you're shot Khan, then you're the problem, which we already know because he's only had one good season out of like nine. You're the problem uh, that keeps getting the Jacksonville Jaguars where they are. Yeah, you think you talk about head of the table. You think Roman Reigns would let this happen? No. <laughs> Roman Reigns wouldn't allow this organization to to falter like this. Look how look at that ship he runs over there. So we wouldn't see any of that from from that head of the table. But yeah, no, uh, you know, all jokes aside, you do make uh, a lot of good points here. It's um, it starts from the top down and the whole organization dating back to when you got here has just been for all intents and purposes, a clown show. And that is why we got what we got over the weekend. And, you know, was it as widespread as we thought it was going to be? No, but it did certainly still send a message. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, the crazy part about it is, you know, the it wasn't as many clowns as, uh, you know, we were expecting. And that, that's OK. That's not a big deal. We're not knocking that or anything. But at the same time, just the beforehand buildup of the clown out made him lose a sponsorship. He was sued because of that. That shows you the power of the fans. That shows you the power of social media and this, that, and the other. And then in terms of, you know, the whole aspect of Shaq Khan even having to think about this and Shah, uh, and Trent Baalke still being there, basically it looks as if Shaq Khan is trying to pair Trent Baalke with one of these candidates that might not want to work with him. And this is the thing, like, if you're shot, Khan, think about this from your, like, okay, you don't understand the business aspect, the, the football aspect of things, but think about it from a businessman aspect, which you are brilliant at. Your closest person that you need to see eye to eye with, aside from Tony Khan in the organization, is Mark Lamping. You want somebody that you can communicate, that you know well, or that you know uh, on, on a level that you trust them to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. And that guy for him is Mark Lamping. Think of it as the the think of the head coaching and GM connection as your connection with Mark Lamping. You need somebody you can trust. You need somebody you can see eye to eye with. You don't want somebody that's going to be forcefully paired with you. And if he can put in the same respect for that relationship, the GM and head coach relationship, as he puts into his relationship with Mark Lamping and his son in terms of, you know, their business operation with the Jacksonville Jaguars, then Shaq Khan can realize what he's doing here and how it's affecting this coaching search in terms of, you know, trying to make Trent Baalke or keep Trent Baalke or re retain him. And hopefully, you know, down the road, you know, he'll realize that like, hey, this is simply not going to work. And uh, he's hurting this coaching search more than he's helping it. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up here. I mean, Jay, as far as, some of the names now, you know, over the last couple of days, you know, a lot of people, of course, have been worried about the names like Bill O'Brien and, uh, well, mainly Bill O'Brien, to be honest with you, as far as, you know, in comparison to some of the other names that have been thrown out there. Now, we have seen the latest Vegas odds have switched to Byron Leftwich being the favorite. We also have seen multiple people, including Dilla, including Demetrius, uh, stating that they would be surprised if it was Bill O'Brien. So, you know, to kind of, wrap this portion up before we do a little bit of a, you know, look back at the show over the last couple of years, as far as, you know, some of those names, uh, is there anything that you're hearing that they're leaning one way or the other, or, you know, when it's all said and done, who do you think will be the next head coach 
of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the last little tidbit I guess we'll leave for our audience here over on the Believe Network. Who do you think it's going to be and have you heard anything either way? Yeah, well, I haven't heard anything and I, you know, I'm going to continue to dig and continue to dig and continue to ask. Um and, you know, if it becomes available, of course, I guess now that we're not going to be doing the podcast uh anymore, I have to just put that out on Twitter. But what I will say is this. The whole steam engine and the whole train behind Byron Leftwich gaining steam and gaining momentum. I'll say this. It makes sense that Byron Leftwich could very well be the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach when this is all said and done. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, from a perspective of I have a source or anything in my ear about this. But when you look at the the past, right, Shotgun likes to go for these. And we've said this. For better or worse, he likes to go for these nostalgic hires, people that basically can connect with the fan base in some way, shape or form. Right. It was bringing Tom Coughlin back at first because the old school Jaguars fans knew of him. And he thought, you know, he probably thought that a rally the fan base. And yeah, some of it had to do with Tom Coughlin's coaching ability and his knowledge of football. But, uh, you know, I think it's more so that he did it to put butts in seats, you know, to bring back that nostalgia from the 90s and so on and so forth. After that, it was Urban Meyer still trying to rally the fan base, right? It's all it feels like it's always a uh, agenda to get butts in the seat uh in the seats. And Urban Meyer, of course, former University of Florida coach, guy that spoke highly of the the Jacksonville area, a guy that, you know, he's at least told us in press conferences and this that and other that he likes the the Jacksonville area, likes the Florida area, wants to do whatever he can to help the Jacksonville Jaguars win for the city of Jacksonville and the state of Florida. So he went that direction after the Tom Coughlin era. This time around, I wouldn't be shocked if Shad Khan went that same direction with Byron Leftwich, a former player in terms of, um, you know, from the perspective of, you know, formerly being a first round pick uh, with the team uh, back in the day. It got at many of us my age and even some that's younger have seen play many, many times. And a guy that also, you know, brings a winning pedigree to the mix in terms of what he's learned and what he's achieved with uh BA over with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I think that's worth noting there is that the whole element of him trying to go for the, the flashy nostalgic hire, which again, like that's for better or for worse. You could argue he needs to pick the best football coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But what I'm saying is Byron Leftwich is a guy that you could argue might be the best coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars from the perspective that he can help Trevor Lawrence. He was a former first round pick himself, a former first round pick starter himself, a former backup, seeing things from the sideline as a backup and has coached the position. So from that perspective, you may can make an argument that he should be a top candidate or one of the top candidates from what he's done on the field and the resume perspective. But it also fits what Shotgun likes from a perspective of getting somebody that the fan base can relate to. Let me ask you this question here, Jay, as well, before we uh, we wrap this up. And uh, I do think just this feeling that I have, I do think it is going to be Byron Leftwich. What do you say to the people that are understandably a little concerned because they do kind of try to attribute the success of Byron Leftwich to a Tom Brady, to a Bruce Arians? You know, what do you say to those people that are a little worried? Because I know a lot of people want a guy that has 
a lot of NFL experience. You know, they want to go with a Doug Peterson, with a Jim Caldwell, something along those lines. And I get that. I really do. What do you say to the people that are concerned about Byron being a first time head coach and also being paired with the greatest quarterback of all time? Yeah, well, I'll say this, you know, I, I have concerns about that, too. And I have concerns about if not only the fact that he's a first year head coach, but can Byron Leftwich be a CEO type? Can he run an organization like Sean? With Sean Khan is asking for a lot out of a coach to run an organization. A coach should focus on coaching and what's on the field. Um, so, like, I, I'm not a big fan of this whole, uh, you know, CEO coach type of you know, coach centric model that he's going for. But yeah, for those, again, for those who do have concerns, right. Of Byron left, which what I will say is this, you know, he doesn't have the most experience of, you know, of the guys that have, have been interviewed or, or going to be interviewed for sure. I think the only one he has more experience than by a year is like Kellen Moore. Right. But it, it was like me and you talked about this. Um, or at least I spoke about it in the thread with Boogie. And I said, sometimes what you could see, right, is that a coach that hasn't been a coach necessarily long uh, can make up for the experience that they don't have as opposed to, you know, the Jim Caldwell's of the world and the Doug Peterson's of the world. Maybe that experience can be made up from playing on the field, right, in terms of Byron Leftwich making up the coaching experience that those guys have over him. By the way, Doug Peterson was a former uh, former NFL player, too, so that helps his case. Uh, but I digress from my point. But the time on the field is valuable experience and can, should be viewed as coaching experience, too, in a way, in my opinion. And also, like I said, like Byron Leftwich is somebody that could connect with Trevor Lawrence. And that's what you want in the sense that he's a former first round pick again. He knows what's going through this kid's head. You know, he knows what it feels like to underachieve. He knows what it feels like. He's been down that road. He's literally been down the same road as Trevor Lawrence in terms of, you know, uh, coming up short as a first round pick. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not knocking Byron Leftwich and also having high light moments in his career as well. So, you know, he can help Trevor Lawrence weather the storm. It's probably nobody more qualified to speak to Trevor Lawrence in terms of experience in terms of seeing it on the field himself than Byron left, which he is the one that could connect with Trevor Lawrence in the most, uh, in the highest capacity from that standpoint. He can even do that better than Doug Peterson, who was a former football, uh, a former quarterback himself too. Doug Peterson wasn't a first round pick though. He never had those expectations placed on him. He was undrafted. Uh, he, you know, he spent time. Uh, I think he started a little bit in a few games, but you know, he was a backup in some spots, a backup more than he was a starter, if I can recall correctly. So that being said, like that kind of eases my mind as well too. And, you know, like this is beside the point, but I think that, you know, the league can use more African-American coaches as well, which we're seeing, you know, that's becoming an issue. We only have one now that two were fired and David Cully and another one was fired. I'm, is that's escaping my mind right now. Um, Brian Flores, Brian Flores was also fired. So, yeah. So that being said, we could use more African-American coaches. Um, but again, that's that's kind of beside the point. But yeah, the people that have concerns about Byron left, which look, he can connect with this quarterback in Trevor Lawrence better than anybody because he literally has kind of had a similar career path as a player. And again, to me, it speaks volumes when a player has done it all in terms of he's been on the field as a first round pick. He started again. 
he's received the calls out of the headset from Bruce Arians in terms of being a backup player with the Steelers. He's been a quarterback's coach. He's also been an offensive coordinator. So he's done it all. And let's not forget, while Trevor Lawrence isn't on the same level as Tom Brady yet, Trevor Lawrence is plenty talented. We just saw what he did against the Indianapolis Colts. Just imagine what he could do if he finds or, you know, Leftwich is able to find a scheme that caters better to Trevor Lawrence. He can be even more dangerous. So that, I hope, would ease the concerns of, you know, some of the fans out there. But um, regardless, I think one thing we all agree with is that, you know, it should be one of those three between Leftwich, Caldwell, and Peterson. Yeah, man. You know what I've been telling people? Let's just get a damn adult in the room, right? Let's start there. And again, go completely opposite of what we did last time. I can't remember who said this. I saw it on Twitter. You know, this is the complete opposite situation from last year where it was Urban Meyer and everybody else. You know, we heard a couple of names that had been interviewed, but we knew that it was going to be Urban Meyer. That is who Shad Khan had fixated on. That is who he wanted. And there was going to be nobody else that could come in here and take that job away from Urban Meyer. It was basically his before the season even ended. So. Yes, are they, you know, maybe taking a little bit too much time? Possibly. Again, we talked about this, I think, earlier in the week, Jay, where, you know, we were wondering who else Byron had been interviewing with. I think that is the right right way to go. And am I concerned? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm just excited to get somebody in here who, even if he can't necessarily be the CEO, I, I just wanted to get somebody in here that we like. You know, and right now that seems to be Byron Leftwich. I, I think you could get definitely get a lot of people more on board than you did, of course, with Urban, who was this polarizing figure. But let's just start by getting a freaking adult in the room and clean up this mess and just start somewhere, please, for the love of God. Jay, go ahead. I agree. That's what I'm 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 with you wholeheartedly with that. Let's get in somebody who's going to not sit here and blatantly tell fibs to us in press conferences. Let's get somebody who actually we can trust in terms of what he says in terms of his NFL knowledge. Let's get somebody in here who's of high character. That's not going to embarrass us as fans of the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of those things, uh, you know, would, would help the situation as well. I mean, and of course it boils down to winning too, which you know, eventually with the, you know what I'm saying? Like it was so bad with Urban Meyer and his crew. Uh, you have to feel like whoever comes in here and cleans up this mess or whatever the case may be, is going to show significant progress over Urban Meyer, regardless of uh, who it is. Uh, again, now you got to get bulky out of there as well, because you're not going to be able to make progress because he doesn't know what he's doing in terms of a front office executive. But Balky aside, you know, you got to feel like whatever coach is going to come in here that's not hindered by Balky and has an actual GM that knows what they're doing uh, will make significant progress. Now, am I saying the Jaguars are going to like go to eight wins or something right off the bat? No, but we will. We definitely with most of these coaches that's on this list, we should definitely notice noticeable improvement in terms of on the field. And we'll definitely, definitely be more comfortable with what we're seeing off the field and in terms of press conferences in comparison to where we're coming from with Urban Meyer. Yeah, guys, again, it'll be just so nice to get somebody in here that's transparent, somebody that takes responsibility 
Again, just somebody the completely opposite of what we just went through. That's what Jacksonville needs. They need somebody to come in here and uh, you know be a little bit um, uh, be a little bit under the radar. To be honest with you, they need somebody to not show up in the news and uh, you know for all the wrong reasons, not be trending on Twitter for the the negative reasons that we experienced over the last year. It's been exhausting, <laughs> you know as as much as it we have benefited from it as far as being content creators it's made this whole year you know give, given us plenty of things to talk about but i want to talk about a team that is moving in the right direction i want to talk about a head coach that is having a positive impact on their future hopefully star quarterback those are the kind of things i want to talk about i don't want to hear about my head coach saying staying back in Ohio and not flying back with a team. I don't want to talk about a head coach that doesn't know the name of the damn players on his own team. I don't want to talk about that anymore. I, I want to talk about positive things. And hopefully that's the direction that we are heading here. And, uh, you know, of course, as Jay mentioned, even though, you know, this particular show won't be around, of course, we will be keeping you up to date on all the Jacksonville Jaguar news, not only on our Twitter pages, but of course, over at the Jaguars wire, because, you know, we do expect to hear some sort of news within the next week or two. But Jay, you know, with that being said, I think that's a good topic to end on as far as our last episode here with Believe. And, you know, I just want to take some time to talk about it with you as far as our time here with the last two years with the uh, Believe Podcast Network. I did look it up. Our very first show with Believe was back in February. is February 6th of 2020. So we are a couple of weeks away from that two-year anniversary. And, uh, you know, our um, our time here with Believe has been... A, a huge blessing. It's been a whole lot of fun. And, you know, we've had some amazing guests on Jay during our time here. We've met some awesome, awesome podcasters as far as, uh, you know, the, the Believe hosts and all of that kind of stuff, uh, you know, shouting out some of the people that we got to work with. Of course, Davey and Denard, our guys over at Believe in the Titans, Daddy O, Dr. Ho, uh, Dr. Hoji at the number one Bengals podcast. You know, just to just to name a few, Joe DeLeon, you know, man, it's been a blast here with, with Believe. And, uh, you know, we are excited to share with you guys our new project. But again, just very, very grateful for this opportunity of two Jacksonville Jaguar fans who uh, just love this team. And, you know, they took a chance on us and we, we really appreciate it. Yeah, man, our time with Believe has been pretty fun, man. And like you said, we've we've met some great podcasters from, you know, like you said, Haji and the, and the crew over there with the Bengals number one podcast and Davey and Denard and uh you know just that that I think that's the best part about it is the collaboration that we saw and the uh, people we got to meet and the people that will continue to work with in some capacity down the road so that was dope and then one other thing too that I really loved about it is along the way some of the other guests that we got shared with us great stories right um you know the whole story that. Daniel Jeremiah shared with us about how we acquired James Robinson, one of the most unique stories I've ever been told and have gotten to report to this day. I think that's my favorite story that I've reported on the Jaguars Wire. And, you know, that was just a nugget that he shared with us. And, you know, just the whole aspect of learning things from people like him and the, the, the fellow, our fellow believe guests, players like Denard, you know, those are experiences that, you know, we'll take everywhere we go, um, you know, from this point on. So, you know, we appreciate the platform that Believe 
as uh, provided for us, you know, and as we've said, you know, we'll remain in contact with them and, you know, continue to work with, with, you know, some of the guests that we had on and some of the Believe roster, uh, which should be uh, fun regardless of if we're with Believe or not or what have you. And uh, yeah, man, I just want to take the time out and say we appreciate the opportunity uh, because um, in this journalism world, <laughs> opportunities uh, are kind of hard to come by as uh, we find out the older that we get. And uh, they didn't have to take a chance or give us the platform to, uh, you know, let our voices be heard. So appreciate Believe and everything they've done for us and uh, wish everybody that's associated with the whole situation. Uh, I wish them all the best. Yeah. You know, of course, we had some amazing guests on. And, you know, of course, we had Eric on a couple of times for my other projects. And, you know, we had a shout out Aaron, you know, who came on a couple of times. Lori Fitzpatrick, who you guys, of course, know if you're on Jaguar Twitter. MJD, like, Jay, we got to talk to Maurice Jones Drew on the show. Like, man, just great things. You know, having Daniel Jeremiah on, Ian Rappaport, as you mentioned. Blythe Brumleaf here locally. You know, she's just awesome. And uh, Jordan Reed, you know, Justin Mello, Austin Lane. You know, some of these names that we got to talk to, Jay, are, you know, just a, a dream podcasting scenario. And, you know, we do not, we do our best to not you know, fangirl out over some of these guests. And uh, yeah, like you said, it, it's just been an absolute blast. And uh, one more time, thank you to Believe. We're going to stay in contact with a lot of people that we met here. And we're just excited to share with everybody what we have planned next. And, you know, 2022 is going to be a big year. Of course, uh, we're going to uh, continue to cover the Jacksonville Jaguars and give you the best and most up-to-date news that we possibly can. But, you know, Believe has been a big part of our lives over the last couple of years. And, you know, um, again, we are eternally grateful for that. So, Jay, I think that is a good spot to wrap this up, our final episode with Believe. And, uh, you know, this podcast is probably going to continue under, you know, some different hosts. And we hope that you support them just as you have supported us as well. But, Jay, is there anything else that you'd like to mention to our wonderful, wonderful listener base before we get out of here for one more time with Believe in the Jaguars? No, I mean, as always, you know, you can stay up to date with us through the uh, Jaguars wire and Twitter and social media, of course, not a big Facebook user aside from posting the post on the Jaguars wire Facebook, but you can stay in touch with us, but you know, most notably Twitter is probably the easy one um, to do so. But um, yeah, man, we appreciate the listenership and what they've, uh, the time that they've given us of their days, whether it's going to work or laying down at night or, giving a review or even, you know, like in Stodge's case, texting me and shooting ideas and telling me if he liked it or not. We appreciate all of that, man. And uh, we ask that you all continue to support us in our next endeavors or what have you. Um, because, you know, I guess like, you know, for me and you, we're still relatively young when you look at it from a journalism age. So the sky's the limit, man. And uh, can't wait to see what the future holds. So appreciate everybody. And, uh, you know, everybody out there, take care of each other, especially in this day and time and, and be safe out there while I'm at it. Yeah, I echo that 100 percent. Everybody just be careful out there. And, you know, like Jay said, take care of each other, love each other and just continue to uh, do, do the best you can to keep this crazy world as, uh, you know, as livable as possible. Right. Because, Jay, like you said, we get to cover this team that we love. And it's an honor and it's a privilege to be able to bring that to you guys each and every single week. And again, Jay and I aren't going anywhere. We are just going to be working on some uh, some new projects here that you will hear from us uh, very, very soon. We are going to take a very much needed break from <laughs> from 
uh, anything uh, here over the next couple of weeks and just recharge. And, uh, you know, like I said, just uh, keep an eye out on our social medias for, you know, end of January, early February. And, uh, you know, you guys will uh, see what we will be up to next. But again, everybody, if you've been enjoying the show and, uh, you know, or any show here in the Believe Network, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave five star reviews, uh, Spotify as well. If you've been listening on Spotify long enough, you can start doing that. Uh, you can also find us on Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in again. Check out all the the guys and gals behind the shows at Believe.com and Believe Podcast. They are doing some excellent work, and we can't. Uh, we we know we are going to continue to maintain those relationships and work with them going forward. Make sure to follow myself at Phil the Filipino F I L I P I N O and Jay over at Sports Grind underscore Don. Once again, shout out to Bet Online for sponsoring the show during this time frame. And more than ever, don't forget to believe in the Jacksonville Jaguars. But more importantly, believe in yourselves. This is Phil and Jay signing off for one last time. Everybody stay safe and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.